Chapter Six of the Little Colonel at Boarding School. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Little Colonel at Boarding School by Annie Fellows Johnston. Chapter Six. Uninvited Guests. This is the last day of October, announced Betty one morning, tearing a leaf from the calendar, as was her habit as soon as she finished dressing. Tonight will be Halloween. Do you realize, answered Lloyd, that we have been at school six whole weeks without doing a single thing we had planned? We have been painfully good. Yesterday, when I passed the music room, where Professor Stainwig was giving a violin lesson, I heard him say, "Ah, you must let down der strings when you have finished playing. If you keep in key to von high pitch always, some day biff he go break." That's just the way I feel this morning. That I've been thinking so much about my shadow self and the work we've undertaken for the mountain people, that it's kept me keyed up too high a pitch of goodness. I've got to let down and get into some sort of mischief, or if I'll go break. Betty laughed. Maybe the changes in the atmosphere affect people as well as fiddle strings, and it is because it's Halloween and witches are in the air that you feel so. It may have been that the faculty were of Betty's opinion and felt the spell lurking in the atmosphere warned by some mysterious pricking of the thumbs of coming wickedness they sought to avert it it was announced at breakfast that the usual rules would be suspended that night and that from seven until eleven the resident pupils would be at liberty to observe the customs of halloween anywhere in the building and that a spread of nuts gingerbread and apples would be furnished in the gymnasium headed off again exclaimed one of the larger girls who sat near lloyd it is good of them to grant us such privileges but we won't have half the fun that we could have had if they hadn't put us on our honour this way i had planned to slip out and go over to julia ferris tonight some of the cadets from the lyndon military school are coming up i wouldn't have hesitated a moment if they had shut down on our having some fun here but now they've treated us so handsomely even to furnishing a spread of course i can't go halloween is stupid with just a lot of girls the same old set we've been going with straight along we might have a masquerade suggested susie figs that would make us feel as if we were meeting strangers the suggestion ran along the table like wildfire and was so enthusiastically received that susie felt herself a public benefactor and beamed with importance the rest of the day oh what shall i go as was the despairing question immediately heard in every quarter for the time was short in which to improvise costumes the matron was besieged by distracted borrowers with requests for everything from a blanket for pocahontas to a sunshade and watering-pot for mistress mary quite contrary lloyd's costume cost her little trouble aside from borrowing a horn 
from one of the children in the neighborhood for mom beck coming in with the laundry before school volunteered her services in an old chest in the linen room at locust were many odds and ends left over from private theatricals and fancy dress occasions mom beck remembered an old blue velvet skirt that she thought could be made into a suit for little boy blue before night if aunt cindy's daughter would help her with the knickerbockers and hurried away to begin carrying lloyd's measure and a suave jacket belonging to one of her summer suits for a pattern from that same chest came the dress and hat which mrs sherman had worn in a tableau years before as a dresden shepherdess which transformed betty into the prettiest little bo-peep that could be imagined allison and kitty taking advantage of the relaxed rules slipped up the stairs before going home after school to look at the costumes lying spread out on lloyd's bed i think it's a shame that day pupils can't come too said allison wrathfully we're left out all around for we're not old enough to be invited to julia ferris's party we were going to have a party at our house but mother and auntie had to go to town to stay all night aunt elise is entertaining some old army officer's wife so we can't have any fun don't you think that for a moment exclaimed kitty mrs mallard said that katie might come and stay all night with us mother telephoned to her just before she started to town a daring thought popped into lloyd's mind why don't you come to-night it's a masquerade you could slip in here to our room before they unmask and nobody would ever find out who you were it couldn't be more fortunately arranged little elise is in town with your mother and you could easily slip away from barbary and the cook you could sleep in here with us and run home early in the morning before anybody was up i'll unlock the door at the head of the outside stairs and you can sneak in back way while we are at supper oh how i'd love to began allison but i'm sure that mother and mrs mallard wouldn't like it and now allison interrupted kitty you know that nobody ever told us not to come did they it wouldn't be disobeying unless we'd been forbidden all sorts of larks are allowed on halloween urged lloyd not a soul outside of the shadow club will know who you are and it will be such fun to set everybody to guessing who you are and where you're gone when you suddenly disappear yes we'll come said kitty seizing allison by the waist and dancing her toward the door i'll take the blame if there is any hurry up old grandma prim we'll have to hustle we've barely time to run home and eat our supper and get dressed and back here before the affair begins kitty's enthusiasm like an energetic young whirlwind swept away every objection her sister could offer and a few minutes later they were on their way home eagerly discussing with katie mallard what costumes they could get ready in an hour lloyd who had followed them to the head of the stairs turned back to her room with a naughty thrill of enjoyment 
this escapade would add a spice of excitement to the evening and she already tingled with the anticipation of it there was a mischievous smile on her face as she walked down the hall but it disappeared as she caught the muted sound of someone sobbing she stood still to listen it seemed to come from magnolia budin's room the door of which stood ajar since the day that the old autograph album had been put into her hands lloyd had felt a peculiar interest in the child who prayed every night that some day she might grow nice enough for the princess to like her she had showed this interest by many little attentions which kept magnolia in a flutter of happiness for hours afterward although she still coloured with embarrassment to the roots of her flaxen hair when the princess stooped to speak to her she no longer choked and swallowed her chewing gum in fact she no longer chewed since she noticed that the princess disdained the habit it was elise who confided this fact to lloyd and many other things which not only flattered her vanity but aroused a real affection for the ardent little soul who showed her admiration by copying her in every way possible she looks up to me as i look up to ida thought lloyd i ought to be good to the poor little thing as she paused an instant in the hall wondering whether it would be kinder to go in and offer comfort or to go away showing no sign of having overheard her sobs it suddenly occurred to her what was the cause of magnolia's grief probably she had no costume for the masquerade nothing the huge carpet-bag held could be made into one there was no one to help her and she felt left out of the halloween frolic lloyd hesitated no longer the next moment she was wiping magnolia's eyes and restoring her to her usual blushing cheerfulness i'll tell you what we'll do she said we'll run over to clovercroft and ask miss catherine to lend us something i have to go anyhow to borrow a horn mrs marks told me that i could have one that buddy left there last summer he's one of her grandchildren miss catherine is an artist she has a great big camera in her studio and takes better pictures than any professional photograph could because she thinks of all sorts of beautiful things to pose people for she gets a medal or a prize every time she places a picture on exhibition and i'm sure she can think of something for you to be in such a state of rapture that she felt she must be dreaming magnolia followed lloyd downstairs to ask the principal's permission to go over to clovercroft i know a place where there are two pickets loose said lloyd as they hurried across the lawn if you can squeeze through the fence we'll save time every minute is precious now breathless and panting from their run the children reached the side door just as the colored man opened it on his way out for an armful of wood fraser we want to see miss catherine announced lloyd who was enough at home at clovercroft to know all the servants she's in the music room miss lloyd he answered you all kin walk right in 
is there any company there we want to see her alone said lloyd with a dignified air that made magnolia look at her admiringly no'm yes she and her mau listening to miss flora play he held the door open for them to enter and motioned toward the music-room door which stood ajar a bright fire blazed on the white tiled hearth on one side sat a gentle sweet-faced lady in black but his grandmother thought magnolia as she noticed her gray hair on the other side on a low stool with her hands clasped over her knees sat miss catherine looking into the embers the firelight shone on her red dress and cast a rosy glow to every part of the cheerful room both were listening so intently to the soft nocturne that miss flora was playing that lloyd's knock made them start with surprise well well it's the little colonel exclaimed the lady in black holding out her hand to welcome her come up to the fire my dear both of you she smiled reassuringly at magnolia who leaned against a chair by the door staring around her with big blue eyes like a frightened kitten lloyd plunged into her story at once for the time was too short to stand on ceremony at the mention of costumes miss catherine was all attention and turned to magnolia with critical interest suppose you take her hair out of those tight little tails she suggested and let me see how long it is lloyd obeyed instantly and the soft light hair released from its plaits stood out in a short frizzy crop reaching only a little below her collar it was very becoming lloyd was amazed at the change it made in the child's appearance the very thing i want for my knave of hearts cried miss catherine clasping her hands enthusiastically and turning toward her mother i'm illustrating that old jingle about the queen of hearts who made some tarts upon a summer day i've a lovely picture for the queen but i haven't been able to find a suitable boy for the knave who spied those tarts and stole them all away but there she stands her hair is exactly the right length and she's so fat and cute that if i can just get her to roll those round blue eyes the way i want them it will make a perfect love of a picture but the costume suggested mrs marks it's so elaborate and the time is short miss catherine looked at the clock one can do wonders in an hour she said and burying her face in her hands a moment she thought intently genius burns she announced in a moment looking up at her sister where's that little white duck stir that lucien outgrew and left here one summer i saved it for just such an emergency i'm sure it will fit her packed away in the tower room answered miss flora i know just where to put my hand on it though is there anything else you want while i'm up there yes some scraps of red velvet if there are any left in the piece bag i have everything else we'll need in the studio the red canton flannel i sometimes use for draping backgrounds will make a long flowing cape to hang from the back of his neck and sweep the ground behind him 
Magnolia felt as if she were a big doll as she was handed around from one to another in the trying-on process, when Miss Flora came back with the suit. It did fit her passably well, and she and Lloyd were set to work at once, cutting out dozens of red velvet hearts. "'Makes me think of the time that I was the Queen of Hearts at Jinga's Valentine party, and the old bear that the boys tied to the bedpost frightened us nearly to death,' said Lloyd. Snip-snip went both pair of scissors, and as fast as the hearts were cut, Miss Catherine and Miss Flora sewed them on to the little white duck blouse and knickerbockers. Even Mrs. Marks helped, fastening frills of black ribbon and great gilt buckles on some old red house slippers of buddies. It grew dark while they worked. Fraser lighted the lamps and piled more wood on the fire and Lloyd began to think uneasily that the supper-bell would be ringing at the seminary soon. But in shorter time than seemed possible, everything was done. When Magnolia was led to the long hall-mirror to look at herself, she was unable to believe that what she saw was her own reflection. It looked like some bright-coloured illustration taken from a lovely picture-book red hearts dotted the white duck suit and white hearts the long red cape which trailed gracefully from her shoulders a funny little crown copied in red and white pasteboard from the one they found on the jack of hearts in a deck of cards rested on the short light hair curling up around her ears there were lace ruffles at her wrists and a tin sword at her side and in her outstretched hands a little pie-tin borrowed from the cook. "'Turn your head to one side as if you were looking over your shoulder,' commanded Miss Catherine, "'and hold the tart up high in front. Now lift your feet and sway back as if you were cake-walking. There, Mamma, isn't that a perfect reproduction of the picture in our old mother goose? I'm charmed!' The dropping of the tight-waisted old-fashioned blue dress for this storybook attire changed the child's appearance so completely that she looked into the mirror half-frightened, feeling that her old self had run away from her. But there were Mrs. Marks and Miss Flora exclaiming, "'How pretty!' and the princess clapping her hands and fluttering around her calling out that she was perfectly lovely and made the darlingest little knave of hearts that ever was seen and miss catherine saying that if she would come over the next day at noon she would take her photograph no one had ever called her pretty before and she had never had her picture taken her eyes sparkled and her face lighted up as she turned again to the mirror you and betty come over to-morrow too said miss catherine to lloyd as she buttoned up the blue dress again so that magnolia could go back to supper i'd like to add boy blue and boo peep to my mother goose gallery it was dark when lloyd and magnolia squeezed through the fence again and ran up the stairs to the room as lloyd passed the portiere at the end of the hall she pushed it aside and drew back the bolt, 
as she had promised kitty to do they had barely time to lay their bundles on magnolia's bed when the supper bell rang and they ran down to the dining room lloyd was all aglow with excitement and pleasure over the success of the last hour's work but magnolia had shrunk back into the same timid little creature she was before her transformation she had put her hair back into the tight little tails again before leaving clovercroft so that her disguise would be the more complete when she unloosed it and appeared as the little knave meantime allison and kitty hurrying home with their guest had delighted nora by a demand for early supper she and barbary were expecting some friends from rollington a little irish village near the valley and would be glad to be through with their work an hour earlier than usual and you needn't light up for us downstairs except in the dining-room said allison for we're going straight to our rooms after supper and we don't want to be disturbed till to-morrow morning very well miss answered barbary who a middle-aged woman was the most trustworthy of well-trained maids mrs walton never felt any hesitancy in leaving the children in her care and oh barbary said allison as she turned to leave the room to-night is halloween and they say the witches are out and ghosts rise out of their graves what is that tale they tell about a ghost that used to be seen about the seminary grounds sure and your mother would be after getting angry if i filled your heads with such nonsense who said there was ever a ghost at all in the valley but after much teasing barbary allowed herself to be persuaded into telling a tale that had been afloat for years of the little woman in grey who had once owned the land on which the seminary was built she lived all alone and was an odd character her peculiar mode of living and the mystery surrounding her death gave rise to the rumour that her spirit still haunted the seminary grounds it was said that the little woman never appeared in public without a grey veil and her wreath was recognised by the long gauzy covering floating loosely back from its face not grey but white as more becoming a spirit no sooner had barbie finished her tale than allison beckoned the girls to follow and led the way upstairs to the sewing-room i thought at first i'd just put a pillowcase over my head and wrap up in a sheet but i'm going to make the girls think i'm the real article how will this do taking a roll of cotton from one of the shelves she pinned it over her hair to make a short white wig powdered her face till it was as white as the cotton and over it all threw a long piece of tulle which she brought from a bureau drawer in her room aunt elise gave it to me last time i was in town she said she had yards and yards of it that had been used some way in decorating with lilies for a luncheon wait till i wrap a sheet around me now how do i look perfectly awful exclaimed kitty gazing at her in fascinated wonder that flesh and blood could look so truly ghost-like kitty hid her eyes with a little scream don't look at me that way she begged 
if you are this terrifying in daylight to people who know who you are what will you be at night well satisfied with the effect she had produced alice unfolded up the veil carefully removed the wig and washed the powder from her face while kitty and katie rummaged in the drawers for some old long-sleeved gingham aprons that had been discarded long ago they had decided to go as rag dolls as that would be the most complete disguise they could think of even their hair would be covered and they would not need to speak it will be terribly hot with all that cotton stuffed about our heads and necks said katie but we look so funny and we must hold ourselves limp and lean up against things or flop over just as real rag dolls do here are the aprons cried kitty at last see they'll fit up close around the neck and hide the place where the muslin that covers our head is tied on i'll paint the faces on you the last thing before we start said allison mercy me allison exclaimed katie we can't walk down past the depot and the store rigged up that way even if it is dark somebody might think we were escaped freaks and chase us we ought to wait till we get to the seminary before we dress no there won't be time then and everybody will know it's only a halloween frolic if kitty wears her golf cape and you wear mine and pull the hoods away over your faces nobody will notice i'll not dress till afterward for i'm not going to appear till the middle of the evening i'm not going to go up to the gymnasium at all but just glide around on the outskirts and lay a cold finger on someone now and then i'll get a lump of ice out of the cooler if i can manage to slip into the dining-room now if you'll bring me the scissors i'll cut the muslin and fit it over your heads mrs walton sorry that her absence would deprive the girls of their anticipated halloween party compensated for their disappointment as far as possible by ordering an unusually delicious little supper for them and their guest isn't it too tantalizing exclaimed kitty when barbie had left the room for some hot biscuits here's everything i like best and i'm in such a hurry and so excited that i can hardly choke down a mouthful don't talk then commanded allison just eat the meal proceeded in silence for a few moments but the silence itself grew funny as they thought of the ludicrous figures they would soon present and they began to giggle the giggles grew into shrieks of laughter a little later when they had gone upstairs and the two rag-dolls all stuffed painted and dressed leaned limply against the wall and leered at each other even their hands looked comical covered in white woolen gloves each finger held stiffly out from the other after one glance allison rolled on the bed holding her sides laughing and gasping in turn oh dear oh dear she exclaimed finally sitting up and wiping her eyes and then going off into a fresh paroxysm of laughter as she looked at them again i never saw anything so funny in my life 
the girls will simply shriek when they see you nora and barbara sitting over their own supper heard the laughing far down in the kitchen they looked at each other and smiled and then as the contagious sound continued laughed themselves the merriment was irresistible but a little later busy with their preparations for their coming friends they did not notice that the house grew strangely still and that not another sound came from the rooms above all that evening kitty's room adjoined allison's bolting the door which opened into her mother's on the inside she passed through allison's with katie and out into the hall then allison locked her door on the outside and hid the key under the hall rug creeping down the stairs they stole out at the side door locked it after them and hid the key inside a large flower pot on the porch that's safer than carrying it said allison we'd be sure to lose it and then we should be in a pretty pickle the moon overcast by shifting clouds was just beginning to throw a faint ghostly glimmer over the valley as the girls hurried out let's go back way until we are past grandmother's gate said kitty edgewood mrs mcintyre's place was just across from the beaches and someone was strolling up the avenue toward it uncle harry whispered allison crouching down in the shadow of a tree until he had gone in rustling along in the dry leaves they passed the rear of the cottage next door the manse and the little stone church that brought them out into the wide open space below the ridge where the lights gleamed from every window in the soldier's home the girls drew their hoods closer over their faces as they hurried across the churchyard out through the iron gate into the road it makes me think of the night we had a halloween party at the haunted house of hartwell hollow said katie looking up at the bare branches overhead which were beginning to toss in the rising wind then she clapped a white-gloved hand over her ragmouth to choke back a giggle kitty had begun holding her arms in the aimless fashion peculiar to ragdolls and was walking along as if she had no bones for goodness sake behave yourself begged allison don't get us to laughing out here on the road kitty straightened up as they passed the deserted post office and they quickened their pace until they were safely beyond the store and the depot a moment later they had passed through the woodland gate of clovercroft raced along the path below the ice-house and were squeezing through the gap in the picket fence to the seminary grounds they must be almost through supper whispered katie peeping in at one of the dining-room windows over which the blind had not been entirely drawn with all that laughing and talking they'll never hear us go up the stairs we can make as much noise as we please a dim light burned in the upper hall but no lamp was lighted in betty and lloyd's room let's not make any suggested allison they'll think we haven't come let's hide and see what they do when they suddenly discover us as she spoke 
there was a sound of many feet in the lower hall then on the stairs and an unusual buzz of voices the girls were scattering to their rooms to dress for the masquerade hurry gasped allison stooping down behind a tall rocking chair kitty rolled under one bed and katie under the other and there they lay waiting trying to stifle the giggles which nearly choked them End of chapter 6 Read by Lars Rolander